0: Welcome back to the High Impact Physician Podcast. This is part two of Sandy's conversation with Reverend Krista Gregory. And in part two of this conversation, Sandy and Krista are talking about how to get started hosting your own Mortals and Medicine event series, which, if you don't know what that is, check out part number one. They also get into another event which Krista organizes, which is called Women Rising. I think you'll find it pretty interesting. And they also touch on why vulnerability is a critical part for fixing healthcare. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: So I, I know you have another really amazing and innovative program, but I want to hang with this mortals in medicine a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about if there was someone, an individual or an organization out there that wanted to experiment with this idea, what, what, what
0: would you advise? Well, you, you want to have, you want to have, you want to have people that can be, that are willing to tell honest stories. This is not M&M like at, at at uh, the hospital, it's not a grand rounds. You're not making a presentation in a fancy suit behind a lectern. You're holding a mic in a smoky place while people are drinking beer. And you have to be real and you have to be willing to do that. You're also not there to teach. It doesn't mean that we don't learn things from stories because we do. I think we learn things from stories much better than we learn from lecture. But you're not there to teach in that moment. So if you can find some people that are willing to be really gut level honest about what their experiences have been like, Tell them very plainly. Um, getting them together in an environment that isn't stuffy, <laughs> like an auditorium, but, but a place that feels a little bit more intimate. It could be someone's living room. It doesn't have to be a, a local bar. And invite them to be to to share those things. That's what. That's all it takes. It it doesn't even cost. We, this particular place that we do this donates their place for free. They. I mean, it, it's not costing us anything to do this. And we put it out by word of mouth. We don't put it out in a public social media setting because we don't want patients and families to show up and hear a story that might sound a little too familiar, even though we're careful about eliminating names and, and the details of a story that would make it too too obvious. But yeah, you just need people that are willing to willing to be be real. I mean, we've had others tell stories about we've had EMTs tell stories about going on calls. That were pretty traumatic after a suicide. We've had, I had a a pediatrician tell a story about her own epilepsy. Al she had never told her colleagues that she had a diagnosis of epilepsy because she was afraid and felt shame as a physician for that weakness, and she used the night of mortals and medicine to come out, so to speak, about her own illness. So, it's the people that have shared their stories are people that want to and need to, and have needed a place to do it. We just gave them the venue. It's not hard. You need someone to MC it to string them together a little bit. So you need someone else just equally as comfortable with that, but you don't need to make it fancy. In fact, you don't want to, you want to keep it as raw as you can because that's what it looks like. We've had people hold the paper in front of them and read off of it. And you know what? It totally didn't matter because it was their story.
1: So let me ask you this. Um, Say there's someone out there that's really interested in this idea, this way of, I love your thoughts, like how to be raw, how to create these moments of connection, community, and meaning. What could someone do this week or next week to make a difference
0: or start down this path? I think you begin to reflect on your own life and say, is there a story I need to tell? Is there something in my that really has struck me that I feel like needs to be shared with other people and write it down. Uh, One of the stories that came to us for our our mortals of medicine in February was an older pediatrician and his story was entitled what I didn't learn in medical school. Hmm. And he just wrote down all the things that really struck him about his profession because he's nearing retirement that, that he felt like needed to be shared and he had poignant moments and stories of patients and, letters that he, he read a letter that a patient had sent him years ago and what he had meant to her. So don't, I think you start with your own. I think you start with your own story and you write down what you think might be helpful for someone else to hear. And if you don't know, you sit with a colleague and you shoot the breeze and then you realize that, that there's gems within your own experience that others could hear. And I think that's, I think we underestimate the value of that. I mean, there's, plenty of narrative medicine groups out there that are doing this too. There are other groups in New York and LA, the Nocturnist and Airways Stories in New York that are doing some of these same types of venues. I think it just starts with people being willing to be honest about what they've experienced. So I think if, if you were someone out there considering this, sit down and write some of your own stories. Things that you wouldn't be afraid to say in front of healthcare providers, something that you feel like healthcare providers could really understand. Because you don't Gosh, have to up or change it for
1: another audience. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's it's interesting because as I'm listening to you, I'm almost thinking another like prompt for someone could be what's the story I never told myself or I never I've never told anyone else. And I'm thinking from my own personal experience in raising Zachary, there's so many things I never told myself till I sat down a few years ago to write my memoir. And so that could be maybe another way. What have I not told myself or what have I not told someone else? And I love your idea of telling our own story first and writing it down.
0: Yeah. It gives you a feel of what you're looking for with other people. And, and sometimes it's something pretty hilarious. uh, And sometimes it's something very scary. Mm -hmm. We've had people tell stories of suicide in their own family. We've had people tell stories of incredible, um, miracle in the hospital when a child survived that wasn't expected to and what it was like to go through that. And we've had tell, people tell stories of, of working in, in remote places like Kenya and Haiti and places where suffering has a different context. So it, it's all across the map. It depends on what, what has spoken for that person and what they, what they need to have be heard by the world Right. Well, and what I'm
1: really getting from this is it could be tempting or what is tempting for me sometimes is to talk about that person or for me, when I was writing my memoir about that other person or Zachary, we were writing about someone else's experience. And the theme I hear you saying mm-hmm. is it's actually um, acknowledging a scenario or an experience, though, being really
0: committed to what it was like for me on the inside. Absolutely. It's not about anybody else you may have something to say about it because it had somebody else was involved. But one of the stories we had shared uh, a few times ago with a young physician, an internist who got very, very close to one of his patients. Uh, the guy ended up becoming his neighbor and they became friends. And the next thing he knew he was his doctor and, and he journeyed through life with this man until his death. And as this internist shared his story, he didn't have it all figured out. He didn't end it with a beautiful ending with a bow tied at the end to say, and here's how I've resolved my grief with this man. He ended in the rawness of his grief as he still misses this man and what this man and still is trying to figure out what this man meant to him and why he got to be his doctor, what that was all about. So stories don't have to be three points in a poem. I mean, they they they're just they're just real from from your gut. And and we all sat with him in his pain. Even as he sat down and and that mattered because we all connect with that, because many of us have unfinished stories in our own lives where we don't know how it's supposed to all work out or it didn't work out. And we live yes. in that too.
1: So creative in terms of really um, bringing people together for the sake of connection, community, and meeting. Um, Talk to us about, you have another event that you do called Women Rising. Sounds like a very different kind of approach, um, but equally creative and innovative. Tell us about that.
0: It is. It's a lot of fun. So for for years, uh, female physicians say to me, nobody gets it. It's really hard as a female physician. The challenges that we have culturally, just as women in general, but then as women in medicine. So there's, there's like double double and triple and quadruple challenges that they have. And so they said, you know, we need a place where we can be together and support each other. So we had looked at all kinds of models and the women's circle or, you know, and, and all of those felt like a bunch of women in a basement knitting. And I just thought that's that's a valuable p- place as well, but that's not what these people were asking for. They wanted to, to tell the really tough stories about um, what it was like to be in medicine and the sacrifices they were making and the sacrifices their spouses made. Uh, so we started Women Rising and right, it's a little bit different. We do it sort of like Oprah or Ellen. Um, we have a a, woman lead, a a female leader come on stage with me and I just simply do a frank interview with them about what life has been like to be who they are and the choices they had made in their lives and the choices they wish they'd made, the, the chances they might um, hope to have in the future and how they really see the gender challenges that they might have experienced. What I love about Women Rising is that in that space, you have women that are in their 20s, medical students in their 20s, looking on the stage going, wow, I wonder what these challenges are going to be like for me. And then I have women in the audience sitting on a bar stool in the back that are in their 70s. And there we are all in the space to share what it's been like to be in this difficult role. And, and, what it's been like to raise kids or to not choose to have kids, what it's like to have relationships and to have re- relationships break and what it's like to be second-guessed and what it's like to second-guess each other. Um, same as Mortals in Medicine, it gets pretty gut-level honest. Uh, we, we don't record it and play it online at this point because it would, it would uh, compromise the integrity of the people telling their stories. I right. Think, because- need the privacy of that space to really talk about what it's like. But it's also a very intimate moment in the same kind of setting, a bar on on stools, sitting around in a smoky, weirdly lit place. But it allows people a sense of connection. And again, it's the same theme as morals and medicine. It's that sense of connection and community, something we long for in our culture, something we desperately need. Um, And... Social distancing has made that a little challenging in these current times, but it it doesn't take away the need at all, because that connection is about what makes you feel less isolated, less lonely, less less unique in the challenges and struggles that you have, and less like you won't be able to survive them when you look around and see someone else who has.
1: I'm just... My heart is so full right now. I feel like it's swelling up. and As I'm listening to you, I'm so struck um, by your approach to what you're doing. I'm thinking of, um, I think his name is Norman Coots. when um, Zachary was younger. I remember him talking about how if you want to support your child with disabilities, or in my mind, someone who's just feeling a little vulnerable or just feeling like a bit off their game. I remember him saying that, um, that you can't mandate relationships. You can't mandate that people create um, relationships. He said what you can do is, as formula, is something like two parts proximity, one part chemistry, something like that, with his point being that we needed to create spaces where we could intentionally come together and then allow the mystery or the magic of the chemistry to either form or not form. But I'm really struck by how your know, Mortals in Medicine, Women in Rising, isn't mandating relationships. It's really creating this space and this environment for something deeply genuine and intimate to happen,
0: and it's just beautiful. Well, thank you. It was beautifully articulated the way you described <laughs> that, but that is it. it's just putting people in the space together, and then they figure it out on their own. And it can't be a mandated meeting of some sort of obligation, but a bit of choice. And in that choice, we find community and in community, we find hope that we can do this together. And I know that we will do the same through this time of, of challenge with our, our, our COVID pandemic. That in that community, we find that connection that allows us to keep going. And I, it, it sounds so pedantic. It sounds so simple, like, Oh, whatever, really. But it's, it's a big deal. Um. I think we, we've lost a lot of that in the hospital today. When I was younger in in medicine, I mean, you sat at the nurse's station and wrote your chart notes in the, in the paper chart. So I sat by people, but don't do that anymore. And you don't hang out anymore and you don't have physician lounges anymore. And you just, you don't see each other as people. You see each other in the role in a meeting or a leadership meeting. And that's different. We need to see people in their shorts or their jeans or, their t-shirts as normal humans and call them by their first names and realize that they have struggles just like we do. I'm so struck
1: that how you said at the beginning that you remember doing rounds with your dad on Sundays. And there was something about that, that personally okay. touched you and that impacted you to do the work you are now with the uh, M&M and the women's rising. And I can't help, but mm-hmm. imagine how, sharing this story now with some of our listeners is creating a ripple effect of what faith, hope, and love can look like in other places. And I am just so excited to have this conversation with you and also to begin imagining um, the impact you'll be having at a bigger scale. Um, who you are and how you choose to serve is just so impactful. And um, I can't wait to see the ripple effect and how some of this might be um moving into bigger spaces in the world. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Sandy. And thanks for doing all that you're doing, especially at this time to bring us together and give people opportunities to connect in this way through a podcast and through a chance to, to hear each other's experiences through this time of challenge.